0: Hi, I'm Dave Chapman, writer for the Awfully Cheerful Engine and for Doctor Who. And you're listening to Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
1: This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Mike Olson to talk about Carbon Grey, the role-playing game, and Omnibus. In the news, influential RPG designer Steve Perrin has passed away, the 2001 Innie Award voting is open, new Dungeons & Dragons miniatures, no more D&D Magic the Gathering sets, a new Shadowrun release, and more! Plus, our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about not seeing the technicalities in the rules, this week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
2: This podcast is sponsored by... Burp Watt's Bubbling Cauldron. If you need the very latest in ointments, potions, concoctions, filters, news, mixtures, elixirs, creams, lotions, balms or salves, be sure to drop by and browse their wares. Whether you prefer your love potions to fizz, gurgle, froth or even buzz, Burp is the best and cheapest alchemical brewer in town with only a 17% accidental poisoning rate. That's actually very good. Oh, terms and conditions apply, potions draw always guaranteed to work, no refunds. All <clears> the tabletop round play news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, A.K.A. Morris or Morris, A.K.A. Russ. And with me this week is
3: Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever. I am delighted to be here.
1: You won't believe what I just did, Peter.
3: Uh, I can see the painting in the background's peeling. So I didn't. I, I didn't did do the painting.
1: No, but I did go to okay. make myself a coffee. And in the yes. fridge there was a milk carton, and right next to it there was an orange juice carton that looked exactly like the milk. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can finish that story yourself.
3: I I, I I did it. It was very funny. Yeah. But <laughs> enough of your. I realise we are recording earlier than we normally do, but I'm afraid it's not quite as early as for our amazing guests who all the way from, I guess it must be the west coast of That's the right. US?
1: That's right, California. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so uh, Mike, you are here to talk about Carbon Grey, which we mentioned on the podcast last week, I recall. Um yes. and I think we mentioned a couple of times recently actually. And you uh you, you sent you sent me an email saying, Hey, you keep talking about um keep talking <laughs> about <it. laughs> Can I what are I talk um, about with it?
3: amazing artwork in middle Europe during the 90 the early teens yes. of the twentieth century. I mean, quite frankly, what is there not to talk about? Yes. Right, so yeah, we'll get off we'll the talk about if that. you
0: if you talk about it on the podcast, you have to have me on to to talk that about That is how it, it so. works, yeah, that is the law. I mean, uh, we, can't, we can't argue the with the law,
3: can we? I mean, <laughs> we're not really regulated as a podcast per se, but ancient tradition and custom is a powerful argument. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, anyway, anyway, we will yes. get onto that in great detail later, but yes. first, let's whip through, shall we, some RPG news, because we've got some sad news this week. Oh dear, what um, happened? S- Steve Perrin, who was the creator of the RuneQuest RPG... Passed mm-hmm. away uh, in the last week, so RuneQuest has been around yeah. for well, it was seventies, wasn't it? So a long, long, long time, mm. uh, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like I kind of feel like you know we're we're kind of reaching the age, I guess, where our heroes yeah. are starting to starting to pass, and it's yeah. it's,
4: it's
1: it's really sort of. I don't know, it makes me feel old for a start, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, it's just really, really sad, but um, it's an yeah. absolute legend mm. in the uh, RPG industry, mm. and RuneQuest is like one of those RPGs that everybody, even if they haven't played it, they know of it, and they've heard oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, have I you've played RuneQuest? Have
3: you never had the opportunity, or I'd have let that, I'm sure.
0: Uh, I had the player's box set when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I loved it, and had the duck on the cover, and yeah. uh I would make characters. I didn't understand a lot of it because I didn't have a GM set. <laughs> I just had the <laughs> player set. Yeah. Um but I also yeah. had the there was a supplement called uh, Monster Coliseum, maybe that was like mm. it was like know, it was like chariot racing and stuff. It, anyway, I right, right. I would just get this stuff at like, you know, back in the eighties, you buy game books at weird places, like just a hobby store, like next to a bunch of yarn, there'd be a bunch of RPG books because they just didn't know what to do with it or what, yeah, what it was. Yeah. But yeah, I remember picking that up at like some yarn, like a Joanne's Fabrics or something weird <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, no, that is got sad got about I've a copy it.
1: of RuneQuest, but I've not played it.
0: Yeah, it's huge. RuneQuest right? I
1: mean, game together just in memory, just in a memoriam kind of RuneQuest game. It's just quite a complex game. But...
0: No, I had... Anyway. I, I had the opportunity to work with Steve Perrin a couple mm-hmm. years oh. ago, and I, okay. I passed. So <laughs> oh, no. no. No, I regret that. No. It was my, would have been my that's, last chance to. That's got to be one of those uh, things you regret now, because that is yes. never going to come again. Yeah, I know.
1: Oh, oh no. No. Oh, well. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. We have uh, the Ennies are now, you can now vote for the Ennies this year. They're going to be announced uh-huh. on- Think they're actually? At Gen- I don't know if they're actually going to Gen Con or not this year with the whole pandemic mm, stuff going mm. on. But um, the winners will be announced at that time. But yeah, um, yeah so if you want to, if you want to pop on over to the Ennis website, you can jump into the voting booth and you can um, you can uh, vote for your favorite. I've been voting for the alien stuff quite a bit. because
3: mm, mm. uh,
1: you uh, know uh, how much Gen- I like the alien stuff. You, you do like the yeah. alien yeah. stuff.
3: I know James Intracato's uh, got his. Uh, my Dad's Monster Manual, which is where he showed pictures from the Monster Manual to his dad.
1: Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't work. Where is
3: this monster? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so
1: that's on there. Um, also, and, um, isn't
3: completely there uh, recreated it? something
1: Stygian Library related on
3: there? Uh, Stygian Library? Uh, maybe. Or related I know, to? I've had to catch up with uh, Emily and see what's going on.
1: I think so. Yeah. That, yeah. Now I've said mm. that, I'm going to find out it's not. I'm, not <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I'm sure I saw it on there. I'm sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, also in the news, so we can get some better news now. Now that we've got past Steve Perrin, which is, I still feel really sad about that. So you can pre-order some Drizzt and Companions of the Hall miniatures. Ooh, indeed. Right. So you can have a Drizzt, you can have a Panther, and you can have um, I can't remember all that, they know there. Wolfgar, Cattabry, uh who are the others?
3: Bruno Battlehammer.
1: Yes, yep, yeah. and the 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 Halfling. What's the halfling called? Regis? Regis? Something? Regis? I can't remember. Oh,
0: Regis. What Regis. Yeah, that's no. right. Regis.
1: That's yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Hey, yeah
1: nice. I, I got something right. There we go.
0: Woo. I'm proud of now, myself. The, these are miniatures, not five and a half foot tall statues that cost fifteen hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now these ones, these ones are miniatures. I bet you probably can get those as well, though. I'm yeah, sure yeah. you can. Wow. But this is from the D D collectors series. Let me let me just jump in and see how much they cost. Uh, Fifty dollars. For six miniatures, yeah, which is like right. nine dollars a miniature.
0: I guess uh, that, that's yeah, what we that, do I now. Suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, what's the miniatures from? The uh, WizKids showed off their upcoming what uh, are their gem dragons. It was the uh, emerald dragon, I believe. The mm-hmm. a render of the miniature of that. Have you guys seen that?
0: Yeah, it looks weird.
1: It's it's kind of it's kind of odd. It's like slightly different to how gem dragons have been like portrayed in the past. But I like it. I mean, have you seen it, uh, Peter? Should I, grab the, no, no, uh, should I grab the picture for you and show
0: you? Oh, would you? Thank you. I
1: will do that because I'm nice at that.
0: It's very smooth on. and stretched out.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I think that of might lean. be the bad, partly the render, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because it's kind of lacking mm. quite a lot of texture there. And I can't imagine a miniature would be quite that textured.
3: Right. I was expecting something a lot more, um, I don't know, faceted. Oh, 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 goodness. That looks almost like, um, Sort of a liquid metal in green. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's got
3: a real Terminator Two, uh, was it T One Thousand vibe to it. Yeah, very sinuous yeah. and stretchy. Yeah, it mean, I mean,
1: is I, made of liquid metal.
3: I mean, a, that you're thinking would be of a, a mercury dragon. That would
1: so. be amazing, and, then it, and it just transforms into
0: any miniature <laughs> you want.
3: That'd be <laughs> uh, yeah. That's Again, not, you're thinking of, of the mercury visible. dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah. not advisable for uh, people with children under the age of uh, eighty-six. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I
1: quite like it. I mean, they, I think they're bringing back gem dragons in the Fizban
3: book. Yeah. yeah. Are
1: they? Did they say uh, that? Yeah. I can't remember oh, which.
3: In Drakes on the Plane. Okay, Drakes cool. on the
1: Plane, yeah. <laughs> Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. But talking of Fizban's Treasury of Dragons and dragon books, mm-hmm. I think, Mike, you wanted to mention a dragon-related book that you're involved in.
0: Yeah, uh, a book I worked on called the Dracodomicon, appropriately enough, mm-hmm. just came out mm-hmm. on That's... the DM's Guild. And... It was I think we had five writers on it. I was just like totally a hired gun. I, I was not yeah. steering the ship or anything on this, but <laughs> um but uh the goal was to take every dragon from every prior edition of D D and include them mm-hmm. in one book. Oh, so yes. there are over eighty new dragons that aren't in five E already. Including the Mercury nice. Dragon, because I know that because I statted that one up. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so eight, wow. and then like a bunch of spells and feats and uh, playable races related to dragons, like dra- dragon minions and draconians yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so it's huge.
1: So yeah, right. 80 dragons. You've got arcane dragons, chromatic dragons, cosmic dragons, gem dragons, lung dragons, metallic dragons, planar dragons, and more.
0: Yeah, nice. this is true.
1: What, what's a lung dragon?
0: Uh, those are like uh, like Asian dragons, you know, like the- Oh, right. I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From Monster Manual 2. <laughs> that's where right. That's why right. For me, that's where they're from. I yeah. think it's Monster yeah. Manual right. 2. Yeah. oh, right. yeah, it yeah, looks pretty good. Um, is right.
1: that literally just gone up? up
0: yeah. Uh, yes. Two days ago.
1: Oh, oh right. Okay. Hey, and how's it doing?
0: Is it, is it selling well? Uh, I, I guess so.
3: Um, I'm sure we'll get a big sales bump after yeah, this. Yeah, uh, I mean, mean
0: I, I don't- <laughs> I, I I all I've all it's weird. I've worked on a few DM Guild products in the past year. It's been a real weird year for work. I've suddenly yeah. done a bunch oh. of D and D stuff, but uh, the only way I can track it is by looking at my royalty report and then seeing how oh, many I copies see. of a thing my, have my sold.
1: Country. Yeah,
0: in yeah. my <laughs> tiny little <laughs> sliver of a royalty that I get from <laughs> things. Woo-hoo. But it's yeah. enough that honestly, it's it's weird to me because it's enough that like anytime there's something on DM Guild that I I would want to have in print, I can mm-hmm. like. it. I always have about a hundred dollars there. Right. <laughs> and hey. cool. Let's get another so thing.
1: it basically just feeds your
0: hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's money I'm in theoretically earning, but I'm really it's just working for trade. For me for me <laughs> I think that's books. all the Kickstarter money I make just gets powered straight back into Kickstarter <laughs> <had> Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, this is definitely one of your most expensive podcasts. Yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, I'm looking at um, the Draconomicon. Letter. I can't even say the word no? cover right yes. now. That is one gorgeous cover. What sort of dragon is that on the cover?
0: I Ooh. don't know because I didn't do the cover. I don't know. Actually, it looks honest, like some
1: the... kind of water dragon. Maybe Let's it's see. got like glowing, mm. like glowing
0: blue oh, eyes, yeah.
1: and it's, it looks like it's breathing out water. But it might. Yeah, that might yeah. Not be. It, that oh. looks like
0: a. That's a lung dragon, probably. Right, right. Oh
1: yeah, I, can see, I did the yeah. yeah I just seen the like,
3: building styles and stuff
0: yeah. in the background. Actually, yeah. So that's
3: uh, so it looks. like yeah, oh, dragon uh, hasn't I got wings, has it? It's kind of oh yeah, like. yeah,
0: that's, yeah. A, yeah. that's I, a super I, Chinese dragon. Yeah, yeah. I I hesitate to to say I, for sure because I didn't work on the lung dragons. I did the cosmic dragons, which were spell jammer dragons, really, but we couldn't say spell jammer. Yeah. And the metallics and yeah, some I did some weird the fairest dragons. Did some weird dragons in there. It was great. Yeah. yeah, well, we
3: well I mean, it. clearly inspired. It's got no wings. It's got that long, yeah. classic, sinuous form, and the fantastic whiskers flying off the side. Mm. Yeah, uh, and there do appear to be pagodas and pagoda-esque houses in yeah. the yeah. background and foreground. So, yes, yeah, which look like but they're yeah. about
1: to be flooded. To be
3: honest, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. So they're oh not going to be there this. for long. This looks very nice. It does, yeah, very nice. Well done. Yeah, that nice.
1: looks
3: like an awesome book. So
0: 24, yeah, 24 yeah, I think be... for
1: the PDF, and it's, wow, 260 pages long nearly. It's a big book.
0: Yeah, we, we have one review on DMs Guild now, and the major criticism is that there's too much content in it.
1: For <laughs> Cassandra <laughs>
0: MacDonald, no less. I'll, I'll take it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if we know one thing about Cassandra MacDonald
3: is that she does know her dragons. Yes,
1: yeah. She's also yeah. Um, working with us on yeah. the
3: Level Up Advanced 5th edition. And
0: she did yeah. quite a lot of work on dragons for that too. Ah, Mm. there you go. She speaks from a place of knowledge. Yes.
3: Absolutely. If if Cassandra McDonald reckons your dragons are dragons, then you've got some dragons you have, my friend. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that cover. It's gorgeous. Anyway, moving on. Let's have a look what else we have in that news. So, we have got a Shadowrun adventure it's called Assassin's Ooh. Night. It's set in Barcelona and involves an assassination. Ooh. But you don't—you not only don't know who the assassin is, you also don't know who the target is.
3: I imagine that becomes quite clear <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you leave yeah. it too long. I guess <laughs> there's yeah. a time limit on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. There's a, a very easy way to find out who the target is. Just do nothing. <laughs> wait, wait long enough. <laughs> yeah, wait long enough. It'll reveal itself. <laughs>
3: Oh, you're supposed to prevent the assassination. I guess so. Like, I gotta say, like, it's not entirely clear. It's a shadow yeah, that's true. game. It's Shadowrun. I mean, it's like, are you doing the assassination? Is there just an assassination going on in the background? Mm. Like, I mean, preventing the assassination isn't actually on my top three. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's
1: that's for, for um, Shadow Run, and we've got um, a sourcebook for Dune as well coming out. Yeah, nice. already with the Dune sourcebook. Yeah. So this yeah. is called Sand and Dust. And That's it's a good name. Hundred and fifty six pages and it's an overview of the planet Arrakis
3: mm-hmm.
1: of the native Freemen, Fremen, Freemen, Fremen? Fremen. 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 Fremen, Fremen, and their culture, yes. details on spice harvesting and smuggling, a gazetteer yeah. <laughs> of the cities of Carthage and Arakin. Mm-hmm. This is a very long description. Character options for fremen player <laughs> characters, campaign options for smugglers and merchants, and a complete adventure entitled The Water Must Flow, and you can pre-order it now. Ooh. It's coming out in December, and it will cost you $42 nice. from the Modiphius store.
0: Well, yeah, sounds quite good. I'm mm. probably in on that.
1: <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten the uh, cool rules. Have you gotten that yet, Peter? No.
0: Because I know you were yet. keen. I, I'm... It, very interested about yeah. that. I, I pre ordered the special House Atreides cover and it's very pretty. Mm. The first copy, though, arrived pretty damaged. Oh, and nice. I gotta say, Ooh. thank you, Modiphius, for sending me a second whole copy mm. during this shipping apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shipping Armageddon. Oh. But yeah, yeah, they sent me a whole second copy of that special cover uh, core book. It's So kudos to you, yeah. Modiphius. No. Thank you.
1: But you are, uh, you're right about the shipping stuff. Um, at the moment, yeah. I've just found out that shipping containers from Europe to the U.S. has doubled recently. Wow. <laughs> wow. Which, is, which isn't as bad as China to the U.S., bad mm. as Skyrocketed, but still doubled from the Europe to the U.S. It's not that it's not wow. good. So I got an s- email
0: about um, – I don't know if you backed the Beowulf uh, skyrocketed. Kickstarter. Skyrocketed. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I got an email about it. I, you would have gotten to saying yeah. that um, – yeah. The shipping container, the sh- the shipping container is on a ship that is delayed because the ship has had a COVID outbreak, so it's no. been quarantined. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> it's just it another no. thing oh. to go
0: wrong. Oh. Poor chaps. Where were they shipping from? Europe yeah.
1: or China? Do you know?
0: Uh,
3: I don't know. It's a good question. I think Europe because we've got our copies, haven't we? Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that's true. I've got yeah. my copies, yeah. so yeah. And it's handiwork games, and they're based in Scotland, so it's right, probably right. Europe. I would imagine. So. I think they probably use the same printer we do actually stand out to, I would guess. Yeah. But I
3: don't know. Worth asking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Someone has uh, copyrighted his deck of Magic the Gathering cards,
3: yeah, it's claiming like that. that now
1: he's copyrighted it, nobody else can use that particular deck in a tournament.
3: Is this from the TSR School of Legalistic Interpretations, of the word copyright? Well this is. Is someone,
1: well, this is someone <laughs> called Dr. Robert Hovden, who's filed and received a copyright for his deck.
0: <laughs> it's my understanding because i've i've been uh, i guess i would say reading about it but not really i've just been watching videos about it um mm. that uh yeah. uh he's someone who has filed some interesting law or interesting legal stuff in the past and this is kind right. of like seems like more of a test of the well, system well, well, technically works, i guess yeah. i could do this so why don't i try it and see what? Why happens. Don't i try yeah, yeah yeah
3: just taking the mick out of the copyright laws why not yeah,
1: yeah.
0: good <laughs> Well, so yeah.
1: basically, it's a list, isn't it? What he's, what he's yeah. copywriting is a list yeah. of cards. So if you compare that to like a recipe, mm. which is a list of ingredients, you yeah. can't you can't copyright that, and that yeah. is why whenever you buy a recipe book, you always mm. have to wade through like three pages of the the writer's backstory and how his great aunt um, um. really enjoyed this recipe and all this because they can copyright that. So, but you can't just copyright the list on its own. That's not copyrightable. So I wonder if that (laughs) applies to this list of cards.
3: That
0: that explains a lot. What you should copyright is the order in which they're played. Because then no one's going (laughs) to replicate that probably. I guess so. I mean, I, I don't actually play Magic the Gathering. So, how many how many cards is this likely to be? How long it's is probably this sixty been? card deck. I've been. I, I used mm. to. I used to be much more into Magic, but lately, the past couple of months, I've gotten back mm. into Magic because of that Forgotten Realms set, which right, I bought right. a bunch of mm. and I enjoy a lot.
3: Yeah, yeah. So oh. you've probably got like twenty land, which can be much the same, maybe, and then another forty yeah. odd cards. Mm. I can't remember.
0: it was a, at least a, old, a old knowledge, at least a white deck. It looked like it had a lot of old school cards in it. Too. So, yeah, probably 24. I mean, yeah, 24 of those of those cards are going to be basic lands or something. Right, so you're right. really only looking at 36 yeah. cards yeah. that are, are probably, <laughs> probably being he's, copyrighted. He's just giving it a go to see what happens, I yeah, guess. Yeah, isn't I, I believe so. Yeah.
1: Um, talking so. of Magic the Gathering decks, and you just mentioned the D&D one, the Forgotten Realms yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yes. I read something, and I'm just quickly trying to find it. Here we go. They're not going to be making any more of those Apparently oh, 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 not printing uh, any more of that set. Uh, no, no more D and D magic covering oh, sets. Man,
0: I, that's, Damn. I really wanted more of that. I would, I would love it if they did more of those. Th- I, so I, I thought it was I, a really uh, enjoyable set. Yeah.
1: This is from the state of design 2021 blogger, um, the magic website. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently adventures of forgotten realms was very popular, but it was also very polarizing. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I believe that. I don't know. I, I, that, I, mean, I, mean, do you,
3: I mean, did you see like the, it sounds like you were very much in the pro camp. Um, it doesn't doesn't surprise me. I've got to say that there were people who were severely anti. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who just hate other people having fun. I say. Well, you're always mm-hmm.
0: going to get that. But I think yeah. for me, Magic, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't care about the meta story or like anything, but mm-hmm. there's a whole storyline there mm. and that D set isn't part of any of it so i think there are oh. some people who have been with it for a long time they're really into the uh-huh. characters the iconic characters and the story and like what it means right. to be a planeswalker and all this stuff and like i i don't care mm. <laughs> i just want to yeah. play the game so i understand that for if you're really into that end of things which mm. is fine um it's kind of weird and immersion breaking because this has nothing to do with that
4: mm. and
0: yeah. um you know, it's just fun cards. There's a card called Plus Two Mace. How could you not enjoy this set? It's so funny to me. I, There's a card called Split I, the Party. Like, come on, they're very funny. <laughs> I love the card.
3: I, I mean, it's got a very Munchkin vibe going
0: to it. Which yeah, um, it's yeah, it's I'm kind of favorable. teeters on the brink of uh, parody or something. But that's that's what I really yeah. like about it. Honestly, I, I like no, that it but, has a sense of humor and you know, yeah, it's yeah. really clever. There was a, another I, set. A year or so mm-hmm. ago, Throne of Eldraine, that um, was all about fairy tales, basically, and that was also mm-hmm. very clever in its theming and the names of cards. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I I, okay. I wish they'd make more of those cards. If they'd started with Throne of Eldraine, or if they'd been doing that twenty years ago, I probably never would have stopped playing Magic because I, I mm-hmm. that set was just cool. Like it's not enough to me yeah, to yeah. I don't know have big you, you don't monsters for good mechanics. Yeah, you yeah, I really, awesome really want well, the flavor of it, and I thought the D and D set was mm-hmm. very cool with that. So that's disappointing to hear that. Oh, well, uh, yes. can do that again. Well, but, his, but I
3: guess if you're invested in a big story, then someone's like, "Who's yeah. this Elminster, and what on earth is he doing in right. My right. Magic?" While well, well, well,
1: talking deck. of Elminster, though, that was one of the biggest okay. complaint in the, there wasn't Elminster. Right, there was um, no Elminster in the deck, and that was a big complaint. Right. And Where's my the, Elminster? Yeah, oh. and the other complaint, what well, a big complaint, was at the Tarrasque, uh People yes. apparently didn't feel the the card captured its
0: essence. I mean, it's a huge, stompy card that's impossible to get rid of. That seems—I don't know. That sounds kind of Jurassic-esque. Yeah. I mean, was it just like really vulnerable to flyers or something? No, like it was I not think? vulnerable to anything. <laughs> well, maybe that's the problem. It yeah. is extremely not vulnerable. <laughs> well, that sounds, that sounds like, quite
1: quite like the essence of a trash to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, thought, I mean, it was, it's a simple, straightforward card, but mm. like you can't touch it, and you just can't get rid of can't uh, get rid of it. So um, it seems pretty appropriate to me. I don't know. I don't I like it when someone puts it down. Spells. I don't yeah, have yeah. one, so I don't like it when someone plays it. I'm like, oh, great. I can never get rid of yeah. this. I'm, I'm dead. Yeah, oh. was interesting,
1: though. That was so how that, how that was so polarizing, though, rather than... Mm. So obviously some people loved it and some people hated it. I, I mean, know, good news but, for my wallet.
0: I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess.
3: <laughs> oh, didn't I?
0: Yeah. Between that but, uh, and Strixhaven, because... The uh, Strixhaven sounded cool to me, but then I found out about the mm. DD book for Strixhaven, and I was like very mm. excited about that. So, yeah, between that Strixhaven and Forgotten, Forgotten a, Realms. Yeah, that was a card
1: deck first, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Between that and Forgotten
0: Realms, I bought like five booster boxes. The right, first yeah. five booster oh. boxes I've ever bought in my life. Like, I've never bought a <laughs> booster box of any magic set, even when I was playing it all the time and going to pre releases yeah. and stuff. I didn't buy mm. booster boxes. <laughs> and now I'm not yeah, playing yeah, like, it with anyone. And I bought oh, five.
3: Wow. <laughs> like, oh, wow. What am I okay. doing? <laughs> but that's
0: so shiny. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it, it absolutely well, is. And I yeah. I think now and then, like, I should probably get another set booster box, right? Because, like, I don't need these cards at all. No. <laughs> can you play? You know, yeah. I assume you can play Magic Online. Is there some kind of? Yeah, that's unfortunate. I've gotten really sucked into playing Magic on Arena. Which yeah. is very slick yeah. and a lot of fun, and it has all those Forgotten Realms cards, which is kind of what I want to play with. So, do you have to like buy the cards again online, or if you no, the- no, um, you don't actually have to spend any money on Arena. Oh, um, right. You play through the tutorial, and as part mm-hmm. of that, you get new cards. You get new decks. Yeah, mm. and then when you're done with the tutorial, it gives you like here's five new decks, so you just get a bunch of cards. And then as you play, you very slowly accumulate. Resources mm. that you can spend on getting booster packs of like mm. eight cards. Uh, so right. you know, it, over time, you are highly incentivized to just pay twenty dollars and get mm. way more rewards. Like every time you level up or whatever, every you know, every time you you win uh, um, a game, you just get better rewards. If you're on this mm. other yeah. track, which I'm ashamed yeah. to say I'm on, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it's free. Otherwise, it's and it's very the interface is really great. Um, mm. So I. Yeah, as much yeah. as I'd like to play mm. with people in person, global pandemic, well, yeah. not going to the hobby store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, um, so we that's, just, something been that's just
1: been going for everybody for the last eighteen months, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Mm. Mm. Hey, but yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting that the Magic the Gathering settings can make the jump to uh, the D anD D, but not the D? what am i the nintendo's i don't know yeah. i can make the jump to D, but it not not the other way around so we've had what's yeah like, theros we've had ravnica strixhaven um so yeah probably i think there's a couple of us i saying.
0: Mm-hmm. i think it's because D players don't mind if you release they like having a new setting book right it doesn't have to be True. part of the cosmology of anything else just here's a new setting book yeah. because you know yeah. we're used to that like Tons of companies release books for D&D. They're not Mm. all part of the same whatever. So here's just, oh, Theros, that sounds cool. Let's do that. Like, you know. But when you release a magic set.
4: Yeah. yeah,
0: When you release a magic set, now... Either it's mm-hmm. part of this story, the ongoing thing. It fits in with that universe or it doesn't. And the Forgotten Realms one doesn't, honestly.
4: Right. Uh, uh, so, okay. I understand
0: how people would be annoyed with that. Plus, that was the core set for this year. They didn't do a core set for 2022 20, or mm-hmm. whatever. The, right. the, whatever the core set would have been this summer. Right, right. Um, they did the D&D set instead. So, okay. And it has mechanics that are fun, like the dungeon mechanic where you go through a dungeon, mm-hmm. which is really a lot of fun, but that's set. never going to show up again. You know, so yes. this—that's the core set for this year. Has mechanics that will just never, ever be in another set, Yeah
4: <laughs> unless
0: they did another D and D set, which I guess we're not going to do. So I, I understand how, from that angle too, people like longtime Magic fans are probably unhappy about yeah. that. But I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great.
3: Yeah. So, so like, if you're a D and D player who also likes Magic: The Gathering, then this is pretty sweet. Yeah. But if you're yeah. more of a purist MTG person, right. you like, where is my, where is my? Where, where is my stuff this year yeah. well, I have to release what I regard essentially as a joke product mm. like Lolf isn't is, a Planeswalker
0: why is there a Lolf Planeswalker card like who cares it's just yeah. the mechanic yeah. of the Lolf yeah. Planeswalker card but uh, I, I get mm. it yeah okay that makes sense oh
3: yeah
1: so anyway guess what uh, Well have you checked the Avatar Legends Kickstarter is now on
0: 6.5 million yeah
1: 6.5 million <laughs> not that I'm checking I'm <laughs>
0: Not that I have the tab open in Chrome all the time, right next to the tab for carbon gray, and I compare oh, it's,
1: them. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: oh, don't do that to yourself. Man. It's, it's, it's funny to me. The time it takes us to earn a $1,000, they have gotten $100,000. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, oh, my god. I mean, I'm, more than that. I mean, compare the yeah. rates at which we're... I don't know why I,
1: I'm invested in this, but I really want them to make ten thousand, uh, ten million $10,000,000. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I want them because it makes no difference to me whether they do or not. But I, yeah. I just kind of like I just I just really want them to I'm, do that.
0: I, it it I will mean, wait for the last likely. two days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the wow. Final forty-eight hours is where you. Yeah. Typically get like maybe, a third yeah, of your five they're gonna hit, days.
1: So they're going to hit seven million in the next two or three days, I expect. Let's
3: just say mm. three
1: days, and then they'll have ten days to go. I reckon maybe they you know, might do it. I wow.
3: think ten million. I I, I mean that's like. I thought like two million dollars was like a ridiculous amount for an RPG Kickstarter. And in fairness, right, it totally is. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought the next goal that would be very, would be like maybe, but beaten would be like three million, mm. maybe four. Yeah, no. If you're pushing it. So it's just like, oh, yeah, what is it? Six and a half. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just like the next highest kicks, the next three highest Kickstarters added together. No. Don't make this now. It's yeah. like it's so far ahead of everything everything else at the moment.
0: It's interesting though because Magpie is already an established publisher, mm. whereas mm. the you know like Matt Colville just wanted to make a book, but then he got so yeah. much money from the Kickstarter, he was like, I guess I should start a company. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, mean, I guess I should cool. just Get a start YouTube paying yeah. people yeah. full time, yeah. salary positions because yeah. I have all this money now. So what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Magpie already yeah. has. All that. And they're an established publisher they have published a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. really curious to see yeah. what this does to them as a company.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know what the finances I mean, look like behind the scenes and how much yeah. of that yeah. is profit and how much of that is not. So it's hard It's hard to tell. And, they're, you know, they're piling on stretch goals
3: and all sorts of things, aren't they? Mm, okay. Well, I mean, we say that, but like, I mean... Well, the latest stretch goals like are virtual a tabletop, it says. The six million dollars stretch goal was a virtual tabletop, and that's not cheap to do. But 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 but, okay, yeah. But put in context, guys. They say they went absolutely stone cold berserk, right? Mm -hmm. And put two million dollars into advertising, Mm -hmm. which is a ludicrous amount of money. Mm -hmm. And then they've got to pay another what half three million to to license it out because the license goal must be. Mad. No, not that, be not that much. Um, no, it would be, be much. So, the Star, so the Star
1: Wars license was yeah. 100k up front, and I reckon yeah. this in popularity is reasonably similar, I guess, I don't know, yeah, yeah. Sample, but 100k no, up enough. front, and I think something like 10% royalties or something like that, so yeah. I would guess it would be, I, I don't know, yeah, I would so guess that. it would be
3: that or um, less.
1: Another 700,000.
3: Yeah, but you're not talking so, You're not.
1: You're not talking many things,
3: though, at all. Yeah, you'd be disposed of like maybe 2.7 million. Yeah. So, like, say, again, went absolutely stone-cold crazy, like, just full of lunacy and just throwing money at the problem until they got it solved to get to convert it, because it's powered by the apocalypse, Mm. right, which already exists Mm. on Roll20, and they converted it to that with, I don't know, what you got. You got, like, an animated yapper just dancing across the screen for the loading screen. mm -hmm. And that, right, that... Just the for all bells and whistles is not going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, like it's, it's it's beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> it, I don't
0: yeah, that's know. What, that's what I mean. I'm curious, like what what happens? Like, you have way too much money <laughs> yeah. for the thing you wanted to do. Like, what what is that? You know where? Where does that take the company now? It's going to be interesting. Uh, but, uh, it's a terrible, I mean, terrible absconding. position to
1: be in, isn't it? I've just got too much money. Yeah, Such a awful. burden.
3: Must be awful. Yeah. I mean, it's like absconding to the Bahamas is very high on the <laughs> yeah. the at like, that, that, that level. That's you that's yeah, hundred thousand dollars. You're like that's certainly a burden
1: <laughs> that I would be willing to take on for them. <laughs> <rather than laughs> like too much money <laughs> if it's if it's too much to cope with, I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly take that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Selfless um, person that I am. I I mean, like their bank account is just gonna. I, I mean, can you imagine, like, if you suddenly got like that much money deposited in your account? Questions, right, would come up. They'd be like, oh, "Excuse me, Miss Morrissey, uh, whereabouts did you get this <laughs> ludicrous amount of money from?" <laughs> <laughs> I <be> like more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course, there's going to be tax on that as well. A big, big mm-hmm. percentage of that is going to go in tax. And I, I don't know. Why am I, why yeah, am, tr- why am I trying to guess at their behind the scenes finances? I don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause we just, we I barely you know like, what mine are, let alone anyone else's. It's a real out of context problem. It's like, what does, what do you do when your RPG content Kickstarter makes way more money than you can really feasibly spend?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
3: I do not know. No.
1: Hopefully, one day I'll, I'll be in a position to find out. but <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Anyway, move, moving on for that. Right. Have you heard about this uh, slight um, controversy around the Thousand Year Old Vampire companion book?
3: I oh, Thousand Year Old Vampire, that's the journaling game, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it has a companion book, I hear.
1: So, yeah. so this is by me, Tim Hutchins and it? it's like a solo journaling game. And yes. um, there was a, a. Let's have a look. Fifty-four dollar companion book that a number oh. of people. I, I think was it a Kickstarter? Or, I assume. I assume it was a Kickstarter. But anyway, this companion mm. book um, was kind of mysterious in what it would be. I mean, he put mm. a, he, he apparently put a lot of kind of warnings saying that this companion book. Um, I am being kind of cagey about what it is. It's it's not a game. It's not this. It's not that. Um, you know, uh, lots, lots of warnings, but but it's kind of slightly important that I don't tell you what it is exactly. And so, and some people, quite a lot of people, still backed it, nevertheless.
3: So he said, "Give me fifty-four dollars, and I'll give you a nice surprise." Yeah, yeah, well, it kind, it, kind, of, I'm kind warning. You give a nice surprise. This. I'll. Give- like, I can't tell you what it is. Just give, just just give me something. I'll give you something yeah. back if you are not happy oh, yeah. with so it.
0: I did warn you not to back it in advance. So, yeah, <laughs> basically that that sounds like what he's saying. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. I can't tell you. It's yeah. important that yeah. I not tell you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody
3: knows. I, it. It's controversial. Yeah.
1: yeah, and he literally <laughs> did, he did. He literally did tell people not to back it. Didn't he? Don't, don't. But so huh. this is this is this, this is interesting. So the thing arrived with backers all customers and it was very very polarizing because it turns out that what Ow. it is it's a copy of the original book except the words and images have been scrubbed out
0: so it's a, literally a well, I'm gonna, I,
1: you, right let me Ow. show you let me show you a picture this is no. one person who received it and took some photos of that. So oh, it's, it's just redacted. The whole thing's yeah, redacted. Just like everything. All the words and images are redacted.
0: Wow. RPGs, man.
1: <laughs> so there's nothing in the book. You, okay. see what, you see what I mean? So, 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 so some, some, some um, backers or customers think that that's great. Some uh, disappointed by this, um, but he he kind of says that the idea is oh. that both volumes are supposed to sit together on a bookshelf, so uh, a player m- might accidentally pull the wrong one out, open it up, and then wonder what happened to their book and be confused. And that's the response he was trying to elicit. Like, think there's some kind of weird conspiracy going on, and someone's redacted a book that he, you knew that you, you had. Probably
0: wonder why did I why did I pay money for this. <laughs> I, I mean,
3: it's fair. He did say, like, you absolutely do not want to back this Kickstarter, and yeah, he was right. I mean, (laughs) you pay fifty four dollars to get an a, like a a very high quality April Fools' joke. I mean, that is. I haven't seen the original copy, but that is quite a pretty book. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not I'm not arguing about it, but you are me... basically paying to right. Here,
1: yeah, I have got an article yeah. on Dicebreaker, and it's got a photo of the actual book, so you can see what the what oh, the okay. what the redacted stuff looks like. The,
3: the unredacted,
1: unredacted, book, yes, yeah. So you can yes, see it's the
3: uncensored book.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: okay. I know it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's very pretty. Yeah, very oh, very pretty. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I mean. Not to be too glib, but uh, he said, what, if you pull this book off your bookshelf, you'd look at it and go, oh, I got the wrong book. I think I would think that if I paid $54 yeah. for a book that can serve no purpose <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can empathize with that.
1: I suppose you could use it as a practical joke on your players. Once. One minute they're looking at the actual book. I and mean, then you swap them over without them noticing. Then you hand them the other one and they open it up and what? What just happened?
0: You could get away with that once. I guess you so, didn't yeah. think it's funny once. That's a, that's a $54 joke
1: that you can do Actually, once. Actually, are
0: there, are there players? It's a, it's a journaling game. It's, right? a, solo, it's else? a
1: solo journaling game. Of course, there are Honey, yeah. okay. yeah, okay. You're right. right. Yeah. You have to play the joke on yourself. That's Peter's not impressed face.
3: That is not my impressed <laughs> face. It is, in fact, my not impressed face. I'm I'm deeply unimpressed. Well, uh, yeah, I,
0: I do appreciate the postmodernness of it. <laughs> you know, like, we've come to that point. Yeah, yeah interesting that rpgs yeah. have reached like you know like andy warhol level weirdness i'll i'll make a movie that's nine hours of me sleeping that that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> is it is it andy warhol level well that's i mean i'm dying. just i'm comparing Ooh. it to that movie where he filmed himself sleeping for eight or nine hours like that was the whole movie you just watch him sleeping for eight hours and has anyone ever and, actually watched that oh i don't definitely. know if anyone's watched all the way through for eight hours but oh i'm, I'm you sure know, there are
3: people who have like, absolutely 100% there is someone who's done such a thing because, like. There's a big yeah, Warhol head out just there. Just watch everything. Way into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you got
0: to yeah, see yeah, hours. Yeah. Stick around to hour seven. That's when it gets good. <laughs>
3: that's he, he rolls over. He's <laughs> amazing.
1: <laughs> <So> <seven. laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but don't fast oh, forward. Like You're like going to miss the context. You need to have everything before it. To- <laughs> <laughs>
3: absolutely yeah that, that, that feels very reminiscent of people saying oh yeah after season one it gets good and yeah i don't, I don't yeah. have time
1: for season one uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't work my way through an entire season until it gets good it's got to get good at the start
0: yeah it's yeah. this is one of those things where uh i can confidently say it's not for me
1: mm. but mm, mm. i
0: understand i understand it like i i yeah, so. i get we keep saying it's a joke but i get. it's not quite a joke it's but it's it's way closer <laughs> to art, I think, yes, than most yeah. RPGs, you know? Like, I, yeah. I have a friend who's a who's a printmaker who's in print art, and, like, that's the kind of thing that she would make as an mm. art piece and then put on display. Yeah. yeah. She'd make one of them. A, the blanked-out book. Yeah, something like that, you know? I, I, right. I could see that. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I suppose having it has, like, the journal of a thousand-year-old vampire... Like on a, um, on a pedestal in a museum has like an interactive piece that would be like sort of interesting. Yeah, but, I, that's, like, yeah, I, I, a... I, I
0: don't know. It's, it's, it's very easy yeah. for me to go like, what is this? But eh, I, I do kind of mm, get yeah. it. But uh, the best, the best advice we have is if you do
3: have such a journal, then you need to get yourself a pedestal and you need one of those vacuum jars, uh, be <laughs> put over the top and you place it on a stand in the vacuum jar, put that over the top with like a little label saying journal of a thousand year vampire mm. and then. It just becomes a conversation piece. Yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh,
1: and
3: it. then you have a story to tell.
1: Well, I'd like yeah. It's not like everybody, everybody hated it. It is polarizing. So about it's about 50-50 in yeah. people that appreciated it and people that were disappointed by yeah, it. Yeah, that so sounds about right. I guess you either you appreciate obscure art or you don't, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway
3: Anyway um, I think He did say not to back it So you <laughs> can't say yes, I, <laughs> <essentially full laughs> I mean You haven't missed out yeah. I feel <laughs> Yeah Yeah um, So our,
1: We I, we have a survey up
2: For a our survey? podcast
1: For our listeners to take About our podcast Our podcast I put it up last okay. night And basically It's
3: it. so that listeners can tell us What they like and don't like About the podcast So it's Well i, I got to say listeners If you say that you don't like me I shall be sad <laughs> Count.
1: Count I was I was very really tempted day. to put a question: Who's the best, Peter or Russ? But I decided against
0: that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, at that survey.
1: <laughs> but uh, I did ask who the, <laughs> the best podcast dog was: Hudson, Hudson or Hudson? Ooh, that is a tricky one. It's <laughs> a tricky one. <laughs> a tricky one. <laughs> so far, so far, Hudson's in the lead. Hudson's Ooh, second, and then Hudson's coming in third. Oh well,
3: congratulations <laughs> and congratulations. <for>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the surveys up and we can put the um links in the show notes. It's basically just, you know, what do you like about the podcast? Like you know, the different segments, um, any comments <laughs> you wanna make. Um what do you hate about the podcast?
3: A fa- finally a way for like well if they say the hosts and the news <laughs> then i'm not sure what we've got left to be honest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> obviously so um like i'll just quickly go through it so what aspects of the podcast do you enjoy so weekly rpg news <laughs> favorite game in all the world the sketch the weekly topic yeah. guest patreon bonus content and actual plays which we don't do very often Ooh. but very occasionally we do yeah and then just constructive comments just um question about the podcast dog for whatever reason <laughs> and just about people's listening habits as well. Like, do they listen to yeah. all them, all of them? Do they just listen yes. to it when the topic interests them? Mm. You know, yeah. whatever. So yeah, I Ooh. thought I would put that out, and it'll be interesting
3: to see what what people say. Yeah, oh, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so we heartily encourage. If you're listening to this, you should probably get along. Is there a closing date for the survey?
1: Uh, no, I'll just put it up and I'll just leave it up until like the responses trickle off, which oh, will be in you know, a week or two, it. I guess.
3: If you're listening to this, then get in and uh, get it done. Yes. Because we'd love to hear from you. The final question of the know, survey we is, did that? you
1: take this survey? And Someone actually answered no,
3: which... <laughs> well? Like, I think it says a lot about the sense of humor of people who are the podcast. <laughs> it's like, oh, fine. <laughs> I hope you're... In- I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway
0: it's time to play our favorite game it's time to play the game our favorite game in all the world guess the kickstarter from just the name
1: shall we play our favorite game in all the world the game where i read out the name of a kickstarter and you try to guess what it is from just the name uh, are you familiar with the game mike you know how it goes
0: Yes, yep. I'm not only a listener, I also did it once before, so <laughs> I'm into it. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> so, Peter, do you want to go first
1: or would you like to go first, Mike?
0: I'll go first. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice one. Brave. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. The first one is, are you ready? Yes.
0: Codex of the mind. Codex of the mind. Mm.
3: Well, it's just uh, just well I didn't go first because I have had to uh, reject this one. <laughs> you, know, you know what this one is?
0: Mm. Um, well my uh, my knee-jerk re- response would be that it's a five E book about psionics. That seems way too easy, though. But it's probably right. <laughs> 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 it seems way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> is, that um, your, is that your guess then? No, I'm good because I'll do something uh, more interesting. I'll try to anyway. Um, this is a game where you uh, play sort of like um, inception style agents. You go into people's minds and you do stuff. Maybe there are other people who go into their minds too and it's almost like they're uh, like thought fugitives that you have to track down and do something with. It seems like that might be the case. <laughs> it seemed interesting anyway.
1: So Ooh. you should have stuck with your first gets.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It was like because it really yeah, is yeah. a D anD D fifth edition psionic yeah. system. Yeah. It's from Paradigm Concepts. Um, it's set in their uh, yeah. um, Arcanist Five e campaign setting, but it says that yeah, you can yeah. use it. You can transport that to any setting you like. Mm. Um, and it's got three psionic classes, fifty subclasses. Of course, a lot of subclasses. What oh, uh, uh, <laughs>
3: psionic <laughs> dueling <laughs> rules? And then uh, What what it is is? It's like fifty subclasses f- to allow for all the existing classes as well. So you've probably got like I don't know thirty six odd, mm-hmm. or for things like fighter, rogue, et cetera. Right.
0: I don't know. I Maybe I think Maybe at least anyway. one of those subclasses. I I a lot of
3: subclasses. Yeah. At least
0: one of those subclasses has to be about going into people's minds and tracking down rogue thoughts, and it's oh, yeah. got, probably one of them is about the thing that I said. Yeah.
3: One of them's an exception, right? For sure. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So it, yeah. it hasn't quite
3: funded, but it will
1: do because it's still got three weeks mm-hmm. to go and it's just on the yeah. verge of funding. Oh, I it, it had a 25 grand goal and it's just past 22. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to fund for sure. Um, and there's a, there's a, uh, preview which you can download PDF. Mm-hmm. So you can download the mm-hmm. preview by using this link. Unfortunately, it's not actually a link. So you Ever. can't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if that was a link, you could download the preview by using that link. It looks looks pretty good. If you if you, if you yeah. I mean, science is one of those things that people yes. have been asking for for five E for yeah. ages, uh-huh. and Wizards yeah. have a, sort of attacked it a couple of times via an Earth Arcana, haven't they? Mm. And still not gone forward with it.
3: Let, let Let's not forget the Mystic subclass, the Mystic class, yeah. Yeah. which was like. So divisive, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think the, I think like, the yeah. idea of swanics in D anD D tends
3: to be divisive anyway, because like, some people just don't like the idea of it uh-huh. being there, and some people love it, so. Well, some people feel it's a bit science fiction. There's like a bit of a Barney going on about whether you can have guns in your D D game. That's like if you look at people like Gary Gygax and so forth, they were like, "Hey, you know what's awesome? Um, Let's have a spaceship yes, with exactly. guns and robots yeah. And crashing yeah. into it." Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's all it's all from before the days of when there was like a hard sci-fi and fantasy divide. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, there's a
0: there's a I don't cowboy gunslinger with two six shooters in Greyhawk. So yeah, sure, exactly. why not? Gary had no problem with that. So, Mike, if you'd gone with that guess,
1: you'd yes. got a thousand points. No. But you didn't go with that guess, so unfortunately, you've got minus a thousand points.
0: Oh no! Which is yeah. not a good start. Oh. Oh. I oh. at least could have broken even between the two. <laughs> 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 it's a it's a oh, game it's of confused. play stakes. This. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> All right, Peter, yes.
1: are you ready? Yeah, go on, honey. Okay. Go on. What is? And this is one word. Bleak sprout.
3: Person. I'm just having a bit of a laughing day today. Bleak sprout. A bleak sprout, but one word. Sprout spelled all as one in word. Brussels sprout.
1: Bleak the sprout as in. Right. Bleak.
3: Like Bleak. And, and uh, well, clearly this is a game all about um, what happens when vegetables go bad. And by go bad, I mean they rise from your vegetable garden and uh, launch an attack on you. And in it's essentially like a, a parody of the popular Veggie Tales car, Veggie Tales cartoon uh has seen on TV in America, which is all about like the uh various uh different vegetables teaching people Christian is that a real thing or do you um, just make that up uh, No, maybe it's something called Veggie, Veggie Tales is a real okay. thing. Okay. All right. I've never it's seen a real it. Yeah yeah. Like so like if you're an American listener, this is incredibly funny. If you're a British listener, you're like What is Peter Smoking? Well, I don't know if it's incredible. I read it on the internet, man. (laughs) I read it on the internet. Mm Yeah, so anyway, uh, so this is like a parody of this. And uh, essentially, we're we're looking at things, including, of course, the dread Count Bernicula, who is a vampire rabbit that um, leaves all your tomatoes and so forth, and carrots, looking pale and withered as he sucks all the life force from them. All
1: right, okay. Stop that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm sure it was it's not so this is a three part adventure mm-hmm. where you are infected by a fungal blight called Bleak Sprout. this makes you shrink uh-huh. down to minuscule size and you encounter mm-hmm. unusual people called Spawlings and meet their king who asks you to help rid the land of Bleak Sprout you have to delve into the underlog where you will peruse a tavern inside a toad Use a folk yes. song to appease the tarantula witch and decipher clues to uncover the entrance to the Bleak Temple.
3: Oh, really? That is what that is. So Bleak Sprout is the name of the big bad evil fungus.
1: It's a blight.
3: It's a disease of some kind, it looks like. Alright. Hmm. That, that is what a fungus is. Mm. Yeah. No, Sorry, The BBEF. <laughs> it's like the BBEG, but different.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um, interesting. And let's have a look. How what is
1: that doing? So that has... Funded. It had an $800 Yay. goal. It's done over 4000 and you can pick that one up for five, only $5 for the PDF. Nice. Or $9 oh, for, the, let's have a look. for the book. Ooh. I don't know. $14 yeah. for the book. Sorry.
3: Oh. I don't know. I might have to pick that one up. I'm sure my wife would be interested in uh, laying devastation to the evils of vegetable blighting fungi. <sighs> Sure. Um, 100% in fact, like all the gardeners, like and if there's obviously room for expansion. You could have like, you know, uh, the st- the Snail Wars where you uh, go on some sort of like Holy Crusade against like the various snails who are there to eat all your crops. Mm. So, yeah, gardening and D&D, having an expected overlap. Yeah. Yes. So there you
1: go, three-part adventure um, for D&D 5th edition. Yes. Um, beta, <laughs> I don't think I can give you any points for that. That's fair. Sorry. I'm not that sorry, I'm, guess, when I'm sorry. I'm not sorry.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think I didn't guess the right thing first and then talk myself out of it. So. Okay. Mike, are you ready for your second yep. one? Oh, no. What is
0: yeah. Omega Horizon? Omega Horizon. Uh, my first thought is of Gamma World because of the Gamma and Omega. Uh, and I wonder if um, it could be some sort of similar mutants you know, in the post-apocalypse thing, but Horizon, what is that? I'm not sure what that is. I could see a game where you are... I keep thinking these are games. <laughs> I keep saying there's games and not supplements for d d which is probably what they are. Um, I could see a game where you are... It is that sort of post-apocalyptic thing, but there's more of like a... like a, like an exploration angle to it, you mm-hmm. know? like uh, was, Like, wasn't there a game recently, Journey or Fellowship, where it's about, like, your group going from Place to place and it's about violent conflict. Yeah, Um, I could see that in a post-apocalyptic setting. That's that would be interesting. Um, I mean, it's probably not that, but that's what I'm going to go with.
1: Hmm. Okay, so this is a standalone sci-fi game set in a dystopian future. Um, So it's been developed by Paleo Gaming. And it tells you a lot about the mechanics, but not a lot about the, when you, when you look at this Kickstarter page. So it talks a lot about the mechanics, like a mm-hmm. sliding scale for complexity of the rules and, um, cooperative mm-hmm. skill systems and its, uh, action economy and combat and stuff. I'm trying to look for the actual kind of background to it. Still funding, yeah. still scrolling what's down. What's the story? Ah, oh, here we go. It's right halfway down the page. So it's a future in which humanity has spread out among the stars and become a dominant force mm-hmm. in the galaxy. However, this future is far from idyllic and the source material explores dystopian themes. Ooh. The nature of humanity, the perils of artificial intelligence, humankind versus machine versus nature, and the cost of survival in the dark reaches of space. So it seems quite quite grim, quite
0: dark. Or grim dark as you might say. Actually, yeah. yes. Sorry. And that is That is not the thing I said, but it's not totally unlike the thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> Slight. Venn <laughs> diagram overlap there. It's <laughs> a tiny little. There's a little bit,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is a, a militarized theocratic empire ruled by an artificial intelligence known as Centenos, a being also referred to as the
3: God Machine. Hmm. Didn't they have um, a vampire, the Masquerade, source book called God Machine? I have no idea. Oh, I just make it up. Yeah. I, I don't
1: have oh. do that. That's nice, nice. So, $25 for the core yeah. rule book in PDF format, or 50 if you want the hardcover. Nice. Um, so I'll give you, I'll give you two points for that, Mike. Oh, great. So That's you're winning two 90 to 90 the, Peter's zero, I think, at the moment. So Peter.
0: No, I'm at well, negative nine hundred ninety. Every, 90 80, oh yeah, so of course you are. Still well. has yes. a slight lead
1: on me. The-
3: <laughs> every, everything to play for. So <laughs> Peter, <play> all you have <laughs> to do <laughs> is not score. My, I'm not uh, saying this game is swingy, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling in any way confident right now. Okay. Just, no. Are you ready then? <laughs> Hell yeah, hit me. What you got? This
1: is called Lich's Dance Macabre.
3: Uh, I mean, I feel myself starting to back it whilst at the same time having no idea what it's about. <laughs> okay, so what is Lich's Dance Macabre? That's Lich's um, colon well, Dance Macabre, to be specific. Oh, 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 well, that that is actually some fairly important punctuation because that tells us a lot more about what this book that we're about to get is all about. So, um there is presumably a game system or setting called Liches, and they have the Dance Macabre, which is the, the dance of uh, the Dancing Dead. Um, oof, so I guess it's full of... Mm, yeah, it feels like it's a... This this particular thing is a setting book, a splat book for the Liches setting. Um, uh, or, and possibly indeed system. I don't know. Um, it's, like, full of undead goodness with all sorts of different, um like, I don't know, what would you have, like, I don't know, different ghouls and ghosties, and maybe it's got a bog art in it. Does it have a bog art in it? Uh, that's, what, that's my guess.
1: Hmm. Okay. So, this is for Pathfinder and 5th edition, and this okay. is basically an RPG supplement about using liches in Pathfinder and 5e. So, okay. there are, let's have a look. We've got six lich archetype templates, then a bunch of spells, magic items, monsters, a, a lich lair, and some lich NPCs, which you can just insert into the um, into into your game. Ooh, nice, um, nice. Unfortunately, it does have a great big typo on their header graphic. it's spelled supplement without the first e, an RPG supplement, <laughs> supplement, which is supplement, unfortunate. Yes. Um, it has one could, th- had- could be
0: wonderfiled. <laughs> yeah, wonderfiled. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Uh,
1: I've i uh, looked uh, at Wonderfild um, recently. I
3: would like to I'd like to post a bonus point to Mike because that was like absolutely perfect. It was <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, I, I can't respect that greatness man. That was like <laughs> Thank you very
1: much. Uh, so this had an eight hundred dollar goal. It's done at one point four thousand so far and it's got six days to nice. go, so it's so it's funded. So if you if you just want a little bit of extra lich based content for your P game or your Pathfinder game there you go, grab this. Yeah. I assume, is that Pathfinder 2nd no. Edition or 1st? Oh. Speci- it doesn't okay. specifically say one way or the other. I assume that mm. means
3: 2nd Edition, but I don't know. Yeah, 2nd Edition will probably work a bit better with the 5th edition compatibility. Well,
1: you would generally just assume that if they just mention a brand name, it's going to be the latest latest version, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But it doesn't say specifically.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Oh, no, they've got a frequently asked question. This is for 2nd Edition, yes. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Um, right, so um Peter, um so um yes, Mike, you will get a one bonus point for that uh, perfectly inserted witticism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which puts you at minus nine hundred and ninety seven?
0: Ninety seven,
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Peter, um what are you on at the moment? Zero. 0, zero. <sighs> I think you're still on zero to be honest oh
0: he got <laughs> close he said it had to do with undead that's <laughs> it basically I
1: mean, but you got that there were niches that's pretty low
0: hanging fruit
1: yeah. I gotta
3: say yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah, yeah. put my hands up to that one I was like you know, not, not the most not, not, not my finest work <laughs> yeah but
1: that does mean that you've still managed to win though with zero points which is impressive I guess well done <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think it's more than I lost.
1: It's, it's more than you lost. It's just, if you'd stuck with your first guess, you'd have won. You'd, yeah, I'm you'd not have 1,000
3: points. <laughs> I, 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 I particularly admire the the reach for greatness. I mean, that's yeah. like, you know, basically... Like In fact, you'd, um, you'd have
0: 1,003 points right now, I think. That's true, but so my first guess on that that first one shows you that I could have gotten those points if it was that important to me. But you could it's have not done really. but you chose not to, so you let Peter win, yeah. basically. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the charity. I mean, yeah, you could be a contender, but you. I already <laughs>
0: have my trophy of smug sense of self satisfaction on the shelf over there from last time, so it's fine. Oh, well, I,
3: that's, that's okay. I, 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 I sure <laughs> you've got <laughs> several of them, haven't you, Peter? think <laughs> yeah, somewhere to, I I I, I, don't, I don't like to brag. I'll, I'll put my extra medals or something. Yeah. Ah, I'd like to enter the joust, please. I'm sorry, sir, but the joust is a mounted event. Yes, verily. I know that. So you see... See what, sir? What's the problem here? Well, sir, you are not mounted. Yes, I am. You are not. I am. Sir, I can assure you that you are not. I assure you that I am. If you are mounted, sir. Which I am. where, then, sir, is your horse? It's invisible. Invisible.
1: Yes, I'm riding an invisible horse.
3: What of it. But, sir, your feet are quite clearly touching the ground. It's a very small horse. Are you sure it's not a pony, sir?
1: An invisible pony? Don't be ridiculous, man. Who ever heard of such a thing? Even
3: so, sir, if I cannot see the horse...
1: Look here. Does it say anywhere in those walls there that my horse has to be visible?
3: Well, technically...
1: There's no technically about it. Either it says the horse has to be visible or it doesn't. Well, not, not as such, sir, no. Very well, then. Here I am on my invisible horse... Requesting entry to the chest. Right,
3: you are, sir. Right, you are. But, 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 sir. Oh, what
1: is it now, man?
3: You do also require, you need a lance. I have a lance. I don't think you do, sir. I do. Let me guess. It's invisible. I see. You're riding an invisible horse with an invisible lance. And you want to enter the joust.
1: That's right. Now, if you'd be so kind as to drop my name down on that there parchment of yours, I'll be on my way.
3: One more thing, sir. Oh, these damnable rules. What is it this time? You need armour and a helm, sir. I have armour and a helm. But they're invisible. Exactly. (sighs) Now then, where do I go? Uh, just down there to the left, sir. Your opponent is waiting for you.
1: I can imagine the roar of the crowd already. Uh, wait, through uh, here?
3: That's right, sir. But uh, there's nobody here? I assure you there is, sir.
1: It's just an empty field.
3: It is not. It is? It is not.
1: It most certainly is.
3: It is not an empty field, sir. Then where is my opponent? Where are the crowds? Well, sir. Well? They're invisible.
1: Oh, well, that makes sense. Off we go, then. I'll strike the invisible blighter from his invisible saddle. Best of luck, sir. <laughs> Sunny-ho! Hey, so Peter, I was, uh, I was walking down the road the other day, and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good-lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life.
3: Yeah, right. You know, why is that?
1: I don't know. You tell me.
3: Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour, or even more, of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow! That's amazing! Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth.
1: I did a a scientific calculation once, just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah? How much? Uh, You probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little.
3: That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could.
1: Shh. All right. Carbon, carbon break. Mike, tell us, tell us. This is based on um, a comic book, I believe.
0: Yeah, it was a comic book from 2011 mm-hmm. that is very pretty. So you can see, like, if mm. you look at the art for this, it's like wildly beautiful. The art. Yeah, I for think this. we were
1: commenting on the art like last week or <laughs> the yeah. week before, recently, yes. anyway. Um,
0: yeah. and uh, yeah, it's about an alternate universe World War One Europe, basically. Mm. And the background of the the world is that it's. Hundreds of years ago, a comet or a meteor meteorite fell from the sky and uh struck the in, stuck struck and stuck into the chest of this like shepherd boy mm. and uh mm. it gave him powers like godlike powers and he saved shortly after that he saved the the Kaiser of middle Europa saved his life <laughs> out there in in the wild uh, from wild animals mm-hmm. mm. and the Kaiser was like that's great." you're my champion now. And he named him Gottfaust. And then like the whole rest of the history of this, this country, this empire kind of starts there. Like everything is about this guy. And for like a long time, he was the the hero of, um, of the Kaiser, whoever's in charge. And, um, but the Kaiser was very much using him to like, just trying to, you know, just, I mean, it already mm-hmm. sounds like he's using it, but he was for yeah. sure. Um, and, uh, there's a lot going on in the background of this comic. I know I'm kind of skipping around, but he had some descendants um, and they've, he had prophesied that uh, his, his female descendants would all be like, would all have his power basically, or, or some, mm-hmm. some portion of it. And so there have always been three uh, sisters. Great. There, there's always been three sisters at a time that like, I guess they're his descendants, but it seems like they get recruited or like they get taken as, as children and like, you know, put somewhere where they're trained to be uh, these Sisters Grey. But there's one representing strength, one representing wisdom, and one uh, representing grace. Mm. And the weird thing about the what happens in the comic is that there was supposed to be a, this 13th Sister Grey, but um, uh, she was twins, basically. It wasn't, wasn't just the one. So they don't know which one is this prophesied Carbon Grey who's going to do something. This Carbon Grey he, he prophesied would change the world. Right, right. And they don't know which one is that. So the comic is about like all this conflict going in the middle of an already there's a war, but there was also this weird, like, you know, supernatural prophecy, sort of low power, superpowers thing going on. And it, it there's a, there's a lot of uh, intrigue actually in the comic. It's it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of gore in the comic too. We're skipping the gore in the game. You won't mm-hmm. find that in the game, but, um, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of, uh, intrigue and people getting assassinated and, and double crossed and stuff. And it's, um, the, the other really notable thing about this is I, I believe they didn't have character models for anything.
4: Right. And they
0: also changed artists yeah. with every issue. Okay, so they had the artists had descriptions, but they nothing looks quite the same from issue to issue. Some mm. characters look wildly different. Like you can We're still like recognize, different styles, you know, is it or are they? Yeah, and mostly still in that same painterly style. But yeah. the um, the characters and vehicles even will look different. Like things will just look different from issue mm. to issue, and that is dealt with in the fiction of the comic. That let um, there's something weird happening in the world. That um, like the continuity of time and space is is warping, kind of being rewritten. And there are uh, this group of people who are around to like stop this from happening, basically to stop reality from from being erased altogether. And mm-hmm. they can perceive that that things had changed, like that you used to look like that, now you look like that, or right, right, we yeah. were in an airplane that was crashing, and now we're on a train. Like this right. weird mm. skips in time and reality can happen. Yeah. So that that's the thing in the game as well. You can have these continuity flux powers where you can alter mm. reality around okay. you so yeah that's a, it's a funny angle though because it seems like it almost seems like oh no we forgot to do character models and then they mm-hmm. <laughs> then they turned it into a, a, an element in the fiction so yeah. like it actually makes Ooh. sense uh, as you read it like things do look different because they're supposed to uh-huh. okay. it's, it's,
1: it's kind of weird how so many things like you, you often hear about stories about how things in films and stuff like that um, just kind of came about by accident like that and then end Ooh. up it ended up being one of the coolest things about that thing
0: right right Ooh. I mean I that's don't actually know that that was the case, but it, I like yeah. to think it's the case. Let's
1: go with that. One of the really interesting things about this is, and I think we mentioned this um, when we when we looked at it before, is it uses West End Games' D6 system. Yes. And Logo. And I Logo. So can you, can you talk about how that came about? Because West End Games isn't around anymore, is it?
0: Right. Um, West End yeah. Games still exists as an intellectual property and right. mm. magnetic property. Uh, which Magnetic Press, they publish comic books. This is their first role-playing game they've ever done. Mm.
4: Um, and
0: they have this new initiative called Magnetic Press Play, mm. where they want to mm-hmm. make role-playing games now. So this is the first one they're doing. And they have a licensing agreement, basically, with the license holders of West End Games, so we can use the West End Games right. logo and the system. And um, the system itself is heavily based on first edition Star Wars yes. uh, from yeah. the 80s. yes, yeah. um, But modernized because that was the 80s -hmm. so uh there's been an effort to like streamline things and bring things more into a a bit of a more modern sensibility as far as game design goes Mm. um and still try to remain faithful to like you know classic d6 kind of what what people might remember of d6 it's
1: it's such a popular system it's like one of those systems that people always call back to don't they and when you say you know your favorite 80s games like uh you know, D6 Star Wars is almost always in that list.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So so it's so a it's probably D6. What's this wild die then?
0: Uh, so the wild die is, it's a differently colored die. So you, the, It's a dice pool system, right, where you're rolling yes. lots of dice and then you add them up. That's the 80s part of it. You're adding the dice. You're not just right. looking for sixes or something. Um, okay. So the, the wild die is, one of the dice you're rolling is always going to be the wild die. It'll be a different color. And if the wild die comes mm. up at one or a six, something weird has happened.
2: Mm. And there are Ah. guidelines
0: for if you succeeded in your roll of six, something even better happens. If you succeed in Mm. roll of one, uh, maybe something worse happens. And vice versa on the one, you know. So uh, uh, one can pull a success down to a uh, more of a failure Mm. uh, or a Mm. a less successful success. And a six can pull a failure up into a success. So there's always this really unpredictable element of, um, Mm. you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, And then that's also worked into... The weird supernatural stuff I was talking about, because there are if there's someone around who can do that stuff, or maybe you just want to include it in the scene. There's guidelines for that. Like what's what, you know, this when this continuity uh, flux happens. What uh, Mm -hmm. what does that mean with the wild die? Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a whole there's a whole end of rules uh, about that. That um, are the continuity flux powers are really clever. I think they're they're very well done. And uh, okay. it's it's a fun element to that. I like the fun, unpredictable yeah. element to the game. I, I should say I'm not yeah. a designer on this. I'm the editor, but I'm kind of yeah, like yeah. a managing editor. We have four writers, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. the one who's trying to make everything totally consistent and yeah. organized. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. But but it does sound like it, it does. It's actually a case of the system, whilst not designed for it, is actually supporting the setting quite well. That's yeah yeah the random um, nature changing things mm. yeah because
0: yeah, like ghostbusters already had the wild die or something like yes, it but right. different die, differently the ghost die or whatever Great so guy, the, the idea is, the system, which is
1: my favorite favorite system right. ever i love it
0: that's why i knew <laughs> i wanted to talk with you guys about it. um <laughs> so yeah yeah there's a it's it's a eric thomas who's the uh lead designer uh on this he used to be with um lionforge what they they published rolled and told
4: mm-hmm. the
0: uh comic book the, the D&D magazine that looked like a comic book, basically. Right. Um, mm. And uh, so, I, yeah, he's done a good job of um, marrying the this older system to the weirdness of this much mm. newer setting.
1: Mm-hmm. What else is it Because this has got so many things about it that just, like, jump out at me and just, like, strike me as something that, to talk about. And one is that it's a box set as well, which again, that's kind of an eighties thing and a box set of um uh role playing games, which you don't tend to get these yeah. days. But I love I love them in the eighties and I love them now. And a box set yeah. role playing game is always gonna jump out at me. And I'm looking at what's in that box, mm. apart from the fact that the cover is the box itself is gorgeous, mm, mm. but we've got um, we've got this hardcover. We've got a GM screen. We've got cards. Yeah. We've got dice. We've got uh, punch-out tokens and stuff, and a whole yeah. bunch of plastic miniatures as well. Uh, the miniatures I mean, you've got are like
3: a two-foot by three-foot double-sided yeah. world on battle map. I I mean, in many ways, it looks. I'd be like, what is this war gaming game that I have got? It looks very cool.
0: Yeah. And Magnetic (laughs) is being very ambitious with the stuff they want to do with, uh, with the, the property. Mm. Um, they have big plans, Uh, you know, I think regardless of how the Kickstarter did, they still had these big plans that they were going to do. They want to make a, uh, miniatures game, um, of the, in the carbon gray setting. It's just all kinds of stuff that they, they have planned. Um, and there are other, they've already planned other games in the future that, uh, I, I gotta say carbon gray is not a well-known intellectual property. I, no. I think it's safe to say that. But the one they yeah. want to do next is extremely well-known. <laughs> I mm-hmm. can't say what it is, but oh, um, no. that yeah. one's going to really draw some uh, attention, I believe. Hmm. I mean, a bit of look, maybe
3: Avatar levels of attention. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's exciting <laughs> to be in this, like on the ground floor of a company just yeah. striking out to RPGs. And I'm I'm lucky mm. that I got the call. To uh, yeah. to yeah. do it, I mean, it's,
3: it's
1: it's definitely very very high production value Um So that box oh, set, yeah. that box set's about one hundred and fifty dollars oh. for the box set, and then you, or you can get a card cover for like forty dollars. You don't have to get mm. the, the big expensive box set, but I think if I was, you know, that box set just looks gorgeous. It's definitely the showpiece of this of this Kickstarter.
3: Yeah, I mean those little models, like uh, they're like what a thirty five mm scale, which is which means that they'd be quite a bit bigger than the normal 28 mil scale, right. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. They're still but, made to yeah. fit uh, mm-hmm. in an inch space. Like, the, the game still uses, you know, yeah. uh, the inch as the mm-hmm. unit of measurement. The for, uh, base unit, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: That, that, it just means they're a little larger in life. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Wow.
0: Very it nice. is kind of yeah. funny to me, though, how they're, like, very specific characters from the comic. It's not just, like, some things. Um, and, again, I came into this not knowing anything about the comic. And oh. I think a lot of people will not know about the comic either. So it's kind of funny to me mm. that like, look, you can get a miniature of this this character. <laughs> do you get okay. a comic with the game as well? Do you get the You can. The there's, a, there's a pledge level. So there's a pledge level that's just a mm. like an omnibus edition of the graphic novel. Yeah. And that's been very popular with backers. We've had a yeah, lot of people show up to back it that, just because yeah. they want that. Um, but there right. is a level where you get the game and the omnibus as well. In mm-hmm. a, uh, print or in, in PDF, yeah, um, think, so yeah, you you, you can get actually, it
1: all. Your, is that your most popular? That's your most popular pleasure level, actually, isn't it? It's the, it's the I, it
0: wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. So you are two hundred and forty backers
1: I, on that, and then yeah, so yeah, so so for the for the omnibus hardcover, two hundred and forty backers, and then for the rule books, well, that's kind of spread across a whole bunch of different um, pleasure levels, I suppose, isn't it? The uh, the rules, yeah. So it probably adds up to more. But yeah,
3: it's it's a popular pleasure. Uh, I mean, it's an absolutely gorgeous book. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I don't know about the book, but the, the the artwork, um, I'm I'm just like a little bit in love with it. So I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah. All the art there—that's interior art. That's not cover art. Like the the interiors mm. look like that. Yeah. Yes. So, so no,
1: the interior art is all come from the comic books, or is it all new art? Yeah. How does that work?
0: No, we have access mm. to all the art from the comics, so yeah. that's what's yeah. uh, being used. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of how on, on Atomic Robo, we had just so much art we had access to that I could just yeah. ask for... Yeah. I could specify that's, a page in a panel and, and get it. That's us. one of the benefits of yeah. um,
3: a licensed property is your art budget is a lot yep. lower. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got some... Like her, uh, did you actually get to talk to people like the original writers, like her Oh, and, yeah, um, Nagoyan
0: stuff. Uh, yeah, no, that's not me doing that. But our creative oh. director, uh, Andrew Gaske, actually, you talked about the endings before. Hmm. He he's yes. wrote the Alien uh, adventure that's nominated for two endings. Mm. Um, he he did the he did cartography for it, and I well, believe in that he case, also actually, so actually, voted for him. Uh, well, yeah. great. Oh, great. <laughs> And he's worked with, uh, well, I guess, you know, so, he's worked with Free League before Mm. and he he will Mm. have been in touch with the artist and uh, because the artist was also the writer, I believe. I I should know that better, but um, but not me. I'm solely in touch with him and the writers and the designer and like, Mm. that's it. I got enough. I'm going to play just with that. I'm not going to (laughs) talk to the (laughs) artist too.
1: So, here's a question then. Why... Not that I'm complaining, because I love the D6 system. But why? Why the D6 system? What, what? Why do you choose that system as opposed to developing a new one or using D and D fifth edition or or whatever?
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle this story, but it is an interesting story. I'm not mm. going to get it quite right, but it's something <laughs> like this. Okay. Um, Magnetic Press was part of Lion Forge. I hope I hope I didn't I'm not getting this wrong. It was part yeah. of Lion Forge, mm. and then they split off. Mm. And when mm-hmm. they split, on Forge already had the licensing gr- agreement with West End Games. And when they mm. when uh, Magnetic split off, they took that licensing agreement with them. Mm. Mm. And then Drew said, or a- Andrew said, um, "Hey, we have this license. We should make. We should use it <laughs> to make no. a game." Yeah. I, I think that's what happened. Or someone said, "Okay, now we have this license and we're, we're our own company. Let's make games." Mm. So it was a. Okay. It was like kind of like a weird corporate thing that happened in the background and i think people forgot about it. and then when they split off they're like oh we have this yeah <laughs> let's use yeah. this so yeah yeah
1: yeah so it's is, 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 is like the D6 system is it a you know is it's is it a really good fit for the setting and for the game it's what, what makes it yeah. kind of work um, so well for that
0: yeah and this is kind of like the the entry you know this is magnetic just entering you know game publishing and this magnetic variant, the mm. MVD6 version of the D6 rules, is sort mm. of, we're like setting the groundwork for like, okay, so this is the D6 version of the rules that we're going to use with mm. this company. And, um, mm. and then we'll, we'll you know, modify it from there, basically. But uh, it kind of reminds me of how Spirit of the Century came out you know, 15 years ago. And there yeah. wasn't like a, just a fate book, but there was Spirit of the Century, right. which had a very definite like, take on fate. And yeah. then mm. other things came out of that, but there was, wasn't like a a you know, setting list core book to, to be had. Um so yeah, so I'm I'm very curious and eager to see what we do with the system on the next one because mm. it, there's really it's a very flexible system and I really am looking forward to seeing how we can um combine it with more uh modern uh design elements too, you know. Mm. Uh, So anyway, yeah, it's interesting how the D6 thing happened. It seems like just a confluence of Mm. events that led to publishing a a D6 game with the West End Games logo. Mm. So so what sort of characters do you tend to play then in Carbon Grey? So the comic is pretty trippy with the reality Mm. bending stuff and, you know, people and things, things just like. A character will die on one page and then show up on the next page and go, okay, I'm back. Like, <laughs> like, it's just like odd things happening all the time. Really? Um, so, there's a wide variety of characters. You could play someone like the one of the Sisters Grey or an equivalent. You could play one of these mm. um, Jarma adepts, the people who can like manipulate mm. reality. Mm. You could play, uh, you know, s- soldiers on either side of the conflict or aristocrats mm. or, you know, like a Han Solo type. or It's just like, yeah. you know, it goes on and on. It's 1915. Yeah. There's such a crazy variety of things available. I was, just, I
1: was just looking at the list of character archetypes and then all the miniatures next to them start to rotate yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it taken take
0: nice. like 30
1: seconds for the before that happened because <laughs> the page was loading or something <laughs> and it just caught me by surprise
0: yeah that is yeah. so cool
1: oh that is yeah, there are a lot fun. of
0: so it uses the old star wars model of archetype templates mm. right so yeah, you, when so you make a character now, you pick yeah. a template and then you kind okay. of customize them from there you have yeah. it gives you your attribute uh dice and then you distribute Ooh. some skill dice among them and then you go yeah. but um there's also rules for making your own template, basically making a character from scratch. So You don't yeah. have to use a template, but there are a lot of templates. I'm sure there's one for whatever it is you want to do. Yeah,
1: through the list, you've got Sovereign, Free Lady, Royal Ooh. Operative, Reluctant Mentor, yeah. Moonlighter, Master Spy... I I made them always loads of them. But um yeah, yeah. there's a whole yeah. bunch of different templates there.
3: You, you can be a Fenris wolf. Yes, you can be a wolf. You can <laughs> be a big wolf. Why wouldn't you be a wolf if you okay. can be a wolf, why
1: wouldn't you be a wolf? That's I know. what I
0: always say. Yeah, yeah you can you can I be right. a big wolf that um there's these these Fenris wolves, they are I'm gonna say territorial. And also they're they're <laughs> sort of part of the supernatural uh, element of the game too, right? Mm. There obviously should not He's be these big, huge, you know, yeah. Princess Mononoke scale wolves. <laughs> Yeah, they act as anchors in space and time. It's a trippy book.
3: <laughs> so is is, is, know, is, is, really. is the comic
0: book still ongoing, <laughs> no, or is it? No, no. It's um, it was, uh, it's it wrapped years, oh, and years, wow. ten years ago. So, right, right, right. Yeah, is, that, is there any know, fans to resurrect it? Do you know, I don't more? know. You know, maybe pff, conceivable off of this that maybe something could happen like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They did a sequel yeah. to Watchmen, so. Uh, what was but, I going to say? Yeah, I was going to say... Oh, yeah. I was going to say about the system, sorry, that um, part of the modernization we we're talking about, of, you know, is added to just this, the regular attributes and skill dice, which was kind of all you had in Star Wars, unless you were a Jedi, and then you had, you know, ridiculous mm. powers, um, are quirks uh, and obligations, mm. where mm. obligations are like... Well, it sounds, this is what it sounds like obligations or loyalties you have, or you're in debt to someone or something like that. Yeah, There's six yeah. different mm. kinds of obligations, and those... Um, basically, help provide adventure hooks or, or story hooks for your character to get involved in the story. You know, if you are mm. if you have an obligation to a regime or to the military, then you can say, okay, so uh, the Kaiser is sending you there, or you know, whatever. Like it just it just gives the, the GM a little hook, and it's also something to role play, and you get uh, you know uh, you, you get a, a benefit from that. You get a mm. resource, I believe. You get skill mm. points or hero points for doing it, mm. um, and then quirks are just basically. There's no reason not to do this. They're optional, but it's a a personality trait. Uh, just one personality trait that can be, if you're an experienced gamer, it can be something that you kind of uh lean into or just gives you like an idea of like, okay, so I'm I'm this kind of person. If you're an inexperienced gamer, this is emphasized in the book. If you are timid or you're not Mm role-playing, you know, in character is not really your thing, or you've never done this before, Mm -hmm. that one quirk. Can mm-hmm. like just play this, <laughs> and oh, yeah. then that's it. You know, like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know for sure running and playing games online. Like I run D and D games for um, the virtual D and D weekends, and and play those. And I get new players all the time. And if you just hone in on that one thing, if you're new, just yeah, that one a, thing about a, you can, you just play that. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, And then taking a quirk, which is again not a bad thing, it earns you skill points. Uh, you know, after the adventure. But it gives you access to a remarkable ability that mm. is a kind of rules bending thing mm. that you can roll for randomly or or choose. Yeah. Um, so mm. those then those feel a little bit more modern to me, like a little bit more character customization, more story stuff being brought in. You know, mm. edging toward player narrative control. Mm. Uh, I think in the future we'll go more that direction. Yeah. But I say we, mm. but yeah, you know, I'm just assuming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm just looking at some of the uh, stretch goals on here. And some of these look oh. pretty cool. So you got um so you got prints, you got coins, you got maps and things like that. But oh. if you if you scroll down a bit and you look at some of the higher stretch goals, this starts getting quite exciting. And I'm especially interested mm-hmm. in this air combat expansion system. Yes. which is like a standalone boxed really? set for tactical aerial combat. Wow. Yeah. That looks fun. It's got like all of aircraft miniatures, a rule book, and all sorts of stuff.
0: Ooh. So can we can we talk a little bit about that? What what what's that? What's that like? I Ooh. I you know I can only talk about what I've seen. I know that that is something that's in the works. Oh, uh, right. Should we uh, get there? Yeah. It might even be something that's going to be produced. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, um, yeah. I I don't know what the resources are or anything. I'm Fair not enough. I'm not on the company end of yeah. things. But um, it is my is understanding a lot of these things are going to get made? Yeah, you know, it's a top oh, straight yeah. all like 300k so. Yeah, yeah. So, 000. like I said, pretty ambitious goals based on where we are. We have about two weeks left, and we're you know not quite to three hundred thousand. Let's just say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I don't really know what the plans for those things are going forward, but I'd like to think that uh, they'd still get made because I want to play that.
3: Mm, yeah, I yeah, do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is like a lot. I mean, this is well, you've absolutely smashed the gold more than double dirt, so that's pretty strong.
0: Yeah, but like a uh, dogfighting rules are Boom. that's my kryptonite like i really enjoy a good <laughs> so like i, yeah, I worked on right. tachyon squadron uh for evil hat and that's all like right. really Fun, fantastic, easy, like yeah. straightforward, but still mm. very fun and flavorful dogfighting. Yeah. yeah, no, I love those rules. about Starship um,
1: Combat yeah. rules as well. I always love Ooh, those yeah. sort of games too.
0: I mean, I I, I didn't write those rules; that was Clark Valentine. I am just saying yeah, I yeah. worked on it, but yeah. I you know I can say they're great because I didn't write it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. you know, I am anything like that. I am always very interested in it, so mm. I do hope that air combat thing comes out because I,
1: I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Right, yeah. well, yeah. well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Sure. It looks fantastic. I am going to Ooh. back the box set just because I am such a sucker for a box sets and B the D6 system. It's kind of you've kind of like directed this directly at me. And yeah, so, I, I, you know, um, you know what? I keep talking about how my every Kickstarter I run basically just. Funds the Friends next Kickstarter yeah, right <laughs> <It's laughs> yeah. But I can't, I can't not back mm. this one. It looks amazing. It looks great. Mm. I did
0: think the D6 thing would catch your eye. So it, it definitely yeah. did. It did, without a doubt. I'm on the uh, on the heels of the awfully cheerful engine. Yeah, it exactly. Like. exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh I,
3: I've already, I've already backed it. So, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank right
0: you, right you both. Right. Yeah. No, it's gonna, it's gonna be the box set for me.
3: It has to be. Mm. Can't, I yeah. can't not have that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will have to paint those models when they come around for you. Oh like God, the, yeah, gotta paint maybe them. Maybe even, yeah. Well, you, at least you not have to put them together. There eh?
1: is that. Well, I got, it's I good. got the alien box set, and they're all yeah. unpainted as <laughs> well. Yeah. It's fine. But that was that alien yeah. box set was another one that I just could not not get. I just had to have it. Mm.
0: Oh, can I say uh, one more well, thing about this? I'm sorry, I, there's yeah, something I you to one. Yes, yeah, yeah. you may. Yeah. And that is, we have a very diverse writing staff. Our four mm. writers. Mm not only are just diverse as people, but they come from wildly different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. There's um, Kim Perrone, who is a romance novelist.
1: Right, right. Okay.
0: Uh, there is um, Emmett Fury, who worked on uh, Ingress and was also part of the streaming mm-hmm. show uh, Vast on Geek and mm-hmm. Sundry, back when that was happening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where he there was a lot of like setting and writing and not like in mm-hmm. some adventure design and just like a weird grab bag of stuff that he had to do on that. Um, mm-hmm. Jay Africa has written a oh, yeah. ton of uh, Adventures League material for D&D, and we've, yes. we've uh, worked together before, and we've known each other. He yeah. was one of the first playtesters of Atomic Robo, so I've known him for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Jameson McDaniel from the Saving Throw Show, uh, okay. I, I believe this is his first professional writing gig. Uh, I'm not, I have to double-check that, but I just think it's cool mm-hmm. that we have like a, there's such a diversity of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. There are coming different skill sets being brought into this. I, that was very exciting to me from from the go. From the get-go. And yeah. it's shown in the writing, too. Um, mm-hmm. We had Jay and Kim. Uh, we I wanted we wanted a more interesting way of getting sending information across. So we had Jay uh-huh. and Kim write letters to one another as characters that they – like just characters they made in the world. One right. right. One yeah. of them is a soldier on the front, and one of them is a duchess yeah. back home, and they were having a thing uh, that yeah, they yeah. shouldn't have had. But then, you know, he got sent off to war. So they're writing letters back and forth, and as they go, they tell you things about uh-huh. the world and how their viewpoints are changing uh-huh. as things happen around them. Ooh. It's just real fun. Like I, I love that we had yeah. the people to do that. I don't think you could easily find. Can just tell tell two people, hey, uh, write some letters back and forth <laughs> to each other, include some information and tell a story. Mm. But uh, they did it, and they're they're really great. Yeah. So that that kind of thing, something uh, you know, you couldn't necessarily do in every game, but uh, mm. because we have Ooh. that diverse yeah. writing staff, we, well, we do it. Like
1: diversity. I think when you you in this uh, internet age where it's so easy to have iDiverse – diverse. Oh. Writing stuff because yeah. you you know it's so easy to communicate with right. other people, there's yeah. just no reason not to, is there? It's just yeah. you know, yeah. it's it should be like the number one thing that people are looking to do, I think, these days. And also, that just makes your game better, doesn't it? The more voices yeah. you yeah. have contributing to your game, right. the better it is. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, um, we're gonna let you get yes. on with your day because I know you're stretched for time.
3: Thank you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks so much, it's been a pleasure as always. Well. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: My alarm is going uh. off. This is when I would normally get up.
1: <laughs> well, I can see, I can see it's now light behind you now. When you, when you yeah, started, yeah. it was dark, and now it's
4: light. <laughs>